This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Menopause, it's something all women must face at some point in their lives, the dreaded change. Most think when men have a midlife crisis, they end up with fast sports cars. And when women hit midlife, we end up with hot flashes and hair loss. But don't despair, help is out there. You don't need to suffer just because you're a woman. You don't need to be a martyr. That's today's expert, Dr. Holly Thacker. She's going to walk us through all the hormone replacement therapies available today and answer once and for all just how safe they are and if there's really any chance in your risk of cancer if you take hormones. Plus, the good side effects you didn't know about. Who gets the best benefit out of hormone therapy? And don't tell me the husband. (laughs) Although I have a lot of men hug me when I treat with vaginal DHEA, which helps with sexual function and climax. I do get a lot of that. We have your best prescription for life when it comes to dealing with your hormones during menopause straight ahead. Welcome to Prescription for Life. I'm your host, Monica Robbins, and this is the Health and Wellness Show where we try to answer all your questions about the everyday problems we face. And for women of a certain age, that's a loss of hormones and all the side effects that come with it. We're going to cover it all, the different therapies, if there's a measurable risk to taking hormones, and when should you start talking to your doctor about hormone replacement? it's earlier than you might think. Plus, we ask our expert, Dr. Holly Thacker, about all those lotions and creams you can buy online that promise an all-natural hormone replacement. Here's a snippet of what she has to say about that. Well, natural's not always good. Death is natural, hurricanes are natural. (laughs) We have all of that ahead, plus the new beauty line with products made just for women in menopause. We'll tell you where you can find it. But first, just what are the signs and symptoms of menopause, and how do you know if you're in it? Reporter Vivian Lee from News Center, Maine, has more. Lois McIver was in her late 40s when she began experiencing debilitating migraines. They subsided after her doctor recommended birth control pills. Not too long after she got off of them in her mid-50s, there was a new set of symptoms that came all at once. Six months later, no periods, you know, oh, it was just hot flashes daily, like 20 times a day. Lois, who has three grown daughters, was going through perimenopause, a transitional stage when the body is preparing to stop ovulating. The birth control pills may put off what was inevitable. There's nothing like that to kind of prepare you that this might happen and what you might go through. Dr. Rebecca Whiteley is an OBGYN at Northern Light Mercy Women's Health. She says menopause is only one day in a woman's life, which is exactly when she has not had a period for 12 months but it can be a moving target. You know, the average age for menopause is 51, uh, but you know, some people start menopause in their early 40s, some people start in their late 50s. Some women can start even earlier in their 30s. Experts list 34 different symptoms which can start before menopause actually begins. Hot flashes affect around 75% of menopausal women. Other more common symptoms include fatigue, irregular periods, night sweats, mood swings, sleep disorders, and memory problems. 
all the result of dropping levels of estrogen, but some women don't get any symptoms. Now, in some cases, doctors may recommend hormone replacement therapy known as HRT to supplement low estrogen levels, and there are other options to take the edge off of those hot flashes, including blood pressure medication and antidepressants. So if you don't feel like you're getting anywhere with your primary care doctor, don't stop there. Most people can get in to see a gynecologist without necessarily needing a referral. As for Lois, hormone replacement therapy was not an option because a treatment can carry an increased risk for breast cancer and the disease runs in her family. With the support of her husband, she stayed active and took care of herself. I had an exercise regimen every single morning that I would get up and do. Um, and I think that helps quite a bit, um, trying to eat healthy, um, stay positive. Except for an occasional hot flash, Lois is now on the other side. She encourages other women to find out everything they can about perimenopause so they can make the transition more manageable. In Bridgeton, Vivian Lee, New Center, Maine. Now to answer all of your questions about hormone replacement therapy, I sat down with one of my favorite women's health doctors. Take a look. We're joined by Dr. Holly Thacker. She is the director of the Cleveland Clinic Center for Women's Health. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Monica. We have so many questions, but today we're gonna to be talking about hormones because that is such a hot topic. Our producer was telling me that her mom and a number of friends just don't wanna take hormones because of all the rumors and their fear of cancer. So let's put it all to rest. Let's start right now. Who needs hormones and why? Well, the field of midlife women's health is really an anti-aging field, and women who are not hormonally deficient don't age as fast. So we all care about longevity and a good quality of life. So people that are hormonally deficient because of premature menopause, surgery, chemotherapy, or just living long enough to run out of your eggs, at midlife, you lose estrogen, which accelerates aging. So the good news is most women who are within 10 years of menopause uh, can safely and effectively take hormone therapy. Oh, okay, so what specific treatment what specific symptoms does hormone therapy actually treat? Well, we use hormone therapy to treat symptoms like classic hot flashes, hot flushes to help the bone, help the skin and hair, help the genitourinary system. Um, so we use it for treatment and we are increasingly looking at the preventive aspects in terms of reducing heart disease, reducing diabetes, maybe reducing certain neurologic conditions, particularly if you start within 10 years of losing the estrogen. What about the hot flashes, the weight gain, the brain fog? What fixes that, if anything? <laughs> well, weight gain is women's overall number one top concern. And certainly with age, metabolism slows down, we lose muscle mass, we may become less active. So you actually have to eat less and exercise more uh, to even maintain the same weight. Um, it's not strictly hormonal and hormones don't necessarily magically make the weight go away. Like increasingly some of these peptides that are increasingly being used. But when you treat the hot flashes and the brain fog and you sleep better, it's easier to do the intermittent fasting, which is anti-aging and lowers diabetes. Easier to make it on time for that 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. you know, yoga class. There are different types of hormone therapy. Can you discuss which is which and is there one better than another? Well, I go into great detail about hormone therapy and how to individualize it on our Speaking of Women's Health 
podcast, which is on our speakingofwomenshealth.com podcast. And I just podcasted and updated the Cleveland Clinic Guide to Menopause. But estrogen is really what does all the good things, but it stimulates the uterus. So if you don't have a uterus, it's very easy to decide to use estrogen alone, which actually reduces breast cancer. But estrogen in a woman with a uterus can stimulate the lining and that can increase uterine cancer. But we can obviate that by just adding progesterone. So those are the two most commonly used hormones. Testosterone, which we women have more testosterone than we have estrogen, it's just men have 10 times what we have. Um, is still made in the ovaries after we lose eggs and it's still made in the adrenal glands. So most women don't need the addition of testosterone. Some do, but most don't. Those are the three major sex hormones. What about the phytoestrogen? The, you know, lots of women were talking about soy and there's a number of products out there, natural products that, that women are, are being drawn to. What's your advice on that? Well, natural is not always good. Death is natural. Hurricanes are natural. <laughs> Manure is natural. Um, we humans don't have the enzyme to uh, convert equal, which is a soy estrogen, uh, into equal, which is a very weak estrogen. I think soy is great to help lower cholesterol if you just like a soy burger instead of a hamburger or soy nuts instead of peanuts. But to rely on that to replace estrogen would be like me telling you to just go eat some healthy foods with iodine to treat a low thyroid condition, which one in eight women have. Or if God forbid you have type one diabetes, you have to take insulin or you're dead in two weeks, or you need a new pancreas. We don't give out new ovaries. We don't do ovary transplants. So when you lose your estrogen, and as a woman, you have a lower estrogen level than a man who's older than you, how is that fair? That's, I don't think it's fair. That's why I got involved in the field. <laughs> what about bioidenticals? Are those still a thing? Well, estradiol is a human estrogen, and there's lots of bioidentical estrogen creams, patches, pills, vaginal preparations. Uh, progesterone is available as a natural progesterone in the form of Prometrium, but it's mixed in peanut oil. It's a little bit of a marketing term. Some women feel more comfortable using something that mimics their own body, and that's certainly fine. One size does not fit all. There's pros and cons with using oral hormones, transdermal, and I really go over a lot of that in detail in, in our Speaking of Women's Health podcast. Who gets the best benefit out of hormone therapy? And don't tell me the husband. You know? <laughs> Although I have a lot of men hug me when I treat with vaginal DHEA, which helps with sexual function and climax. I do get a lot of that. Um, well, women, if you can sleep better and, and feel better and live an extra two to four years, um, you know, we have seen mortality rates increase in women, particularly hysterectomized women denied estrogen. And it's really sad. I mean, we're on the 20th anniversary of the Women's Health Initiative, a very scientific study, but kind of interpreted unscientifically and really hurt a, a whole generation of women. When should you talk to your doctor about this? Is it when you think you're in menopause or is this a conversation you should be having sooner? I think we need anticipatory guidance and education long before perimenopause. Perimenopause can be harder on women than actually menopause. And it's not just hormones. Not everyone can take hormones. There are some contraindications, but we have great alternatives to treat hot flashes, to treat bone loss, to help keep the vagina and bladder in shape. So I think every woman at midlife should really take charge of her health. And it's a really good time to clean up habits, to focus on yourself, because you've been focusing on everybody else in your life up till then. Is there a magic age you would say like at 45, go get your blood work done, go check everything? 
Well, your hormonal age is actually more important than your chronologic age. And I think women need to date when they go into menopause. If you've had a hysterectomy, if you had endometrial ablation, or maybe have a progestin IUD that stops your bleeding, a lot of women who don't flash don't even think about it. So I think by 40, because 40 to 60 is the range, it's important to establish lots of baselines. And once you do go into menopause, it's important to date that for timing purposes. Okay, so we talked about the benefits. Let's talk about risks. Yes. What are they and what do people need to be aware of? Well, the major risk is not cancer, which most women are fearful of. And fear sometimes I think is used to cloud people's judgment or control them. So we want the facts. The major risk with oral estrogen is the rare risk of blood clot. But if you've had pregnancies, surgeries, C-sections, maybe you took oral hormonal contraceptives, it's less likely that you're in that category. Now, in older women over 65 with oral hormones, a slight increased risk of stroke. But under 65, actually less stroke, even with oral hormones. So there's a lot of misinformation. Can be more gallbladder disease. Um, the biggest bugaboo that I face as someone who prescribes hormones every day is stimulation of the breast and the uterus. So we want to get the benefits without stimulating the other tissues we don't want to affect. Is there anyone who just simply should never take hormones? It's pretty rare. Um, there are a couple of unusual rare conditions. Certainly if you're being treated for active estrogen positive cancers, like of the breast or uterus, but even after those have been treated, like if you're a young woman with breast cancer and you get done with your treatment and you wanna be pregnant, we don't prevent that. And some women actually do better after pregnancy, which is really high estrogen levels. So everything has to be individualized. One size does not fit all. We're gonna step outside the box for a second because um, while we're talking about hormones, a lot of women are waiting longer to have children and they're getting into IVF. And a lot of times it's more difficult, obviously, to get pregnant when you're a little older and hormones come into play. So what are the risk factors relating to hormone treatment during IVF? Or are there any? Well, certainly, um uh, there's a lot of stimulation of the ovaries to maybe uh, harvest the eggs. And there you're, you're talking about thousands and thousands of times the level of hormones that women are normally exposed to. So there can be hyperstimulation um, of the ovaries. And um, it's really best, if possible, even though it's not possible for a lot of women, to try to have your children younger because fertility really declines with age. And I don't think we counsel women enough about that. They look great at 35, they feel wonderful. They're, you know, they, they, they see a lot of other women having children in their forties and beyond, but um, really the eggs do age and it's consistent. And if you're lucky enough to live long enough, which most of us thankfully are, you will run out of eggs. What is the big, biggest myth every patient comes in and asks you about? I think that they, they're so concerned about weight gain that they think hormones are going to cause weight gain. But all the randomized prospective controlled trials show that all women gain weight, but if you're on hormones, you gain less weight. <laughs> but if you get on hormones after you started gaining the weight, will it go away or no? Well, if you sleep better and you get assistance with weight loss measures, uh, you're a lot more likely to be successful. And the fact uh, of improving sleep reduces cortisol. And the reason why a lot of women put weight around that muffin top at midlife is they're not sleeping, their stress hormones are being released from their adrenal glands to compensate for that lack of estrogen. And that increases cortisol, which increases weight. And any sleep deprivation in any person increases their consumption of calories and, and visceral fat. 
Are there medications for the stress levels too? Because that every woman I know is, is stressed. stressed. I think that looking at lifestyle and s sleep and exercise and women being able to say no, which women don't seem to be as good at doing, is really key. And we have to address that before we get into pharmacologic options, of which there are some, for sure. So if there's one thing you want all women to know, what would it be? Is that you don't need to suffer just because you're a woman. You don't need to be a martyr. And there are hormonal, safe, effective options. And not everybody is expert in the area. I've run a fellowship for over 25 years on teaching doctors to be experts in midlife women's health, anti-aging, functional medicine, all of these topics that are really important because we want to stay out of the healthcare system. We want to continue to work, take care of our families and our community. And we want to be as effective as we were when we were younger. Once you start hormone therapy though, do you have to take it the rest of your life or do you kind of ease off after? It's very individualized. I try to get at least five to 10 years in to shift the aging curve, but I have women in their nineties on hormones. In fact, I just saw one lady who her family made her stop driving because she was 90. She's like, I'm a better driver than he is. <laughs> wow. As beautiful skin, hair. I mean, we're not supposed to say that hormones are great on skin and hair because we women care about that stuff. But it's true. It's good on bone. It's good on balance. It's good on word finding. Good on energy. Wow. I think I need to come talk to you. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Dr. Thacker, as always, thank you yes. so much. Women going through menopause are starting to rally together and support each other, and that support extends to beauty products and the first and only menopause brand to be sold at the nation's largest beauty retailer. Reporter Heidi Wigdahl at our Minneapolis station tells us about that. Sally Miller has a long career of building brands for women. Almost 37 years when you add it up, because I started at Target right out of college. But it was her own story that set the stage for the next chapter in her career. It started when Sally had symptoms that led to her seeing a male clinic doctor. She explained to me that what I was experiencing was menopause and I, I was shocked. Here I was in it and I didn't really understand it. I thought menopause was just hot flashes. I had no idea menopause is over 40 symptoms and I had like 10 of them. Then Sally had troubles finding products to help her. It was really a desert out there and that was my aha moment of thinking, wow, I should be tackling this space for women like me. She co-founded the company Womaness. Being a veteran in the industry, I was watching all of, all of these different kind of wellness categories really start to, you know, be disrupted. And menopause was one of the last ones to be tackled. These modern menopause products cover everything from hot flashes to sleep issues to fine lines. Their neck serum appeared on Ellen. Sales just started to come in and it was every two seconds. Their products launched in Target in March 2021. Womaness debuted in Ulta as part of the wellness shop. Beyond the products, they've worked with Mayo Clinic, offering on their website free education around menopause. We needed to really take the time to celebrate this stage of life. It's been kind of put under the rug and um, it's just it's so important to destigmatize de this aging conversation and menopause specifically. Heidi Wigdahl, CARE 11 News. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope our prescription for life today gives you hope and a lot of good health. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, I'm your host, Monica Robbins. Stay healthy. 
Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.